Are we on? Are we live? We are live. Hello, Friday, Friday, Friday. It's another Friday and here we are. It's 12 noon. I am Steph Lee. This is the Friday 15 where we go ahead and answer your travel industry questions. So go ahead and submit any you might have in the comments of our YouTube channel or go to hostagencyreviews.com slash Friday15 and you can submit your questions there as well as see some of our older episodes. Let us jump right in because it is Friday and we want to get out and get this weekend started, right? So Tanya, thank you for your question. She writes, what advice do you have for someone dreaming big who has worked under a host agency and is now ventured out solo to create their own lane, travel agency ownership? All of my contracts are direct. My agency is licensed and bonded. You never know what you don't know starting out, so feel free to share any advice. And boy, oh boy, is that true that you don't know what you don't know when you're starting out, which is sometimes a gift. But Tanya, congrats. That is amazing to have gone from hosted and becoming independently accredited. That's a really big step, so congratulations. Uh, I'm going to put into the resources a link to our accreditations article. If you're thinking about going on your own and getting your own accreditation, it lists the types of accreditations that are out there and kind of shows you which one is best for which scenario. Now, Tanya, my advice for you is going to be really practical. So you're already licensed and bonded. So I'm not worried about your E&O insurance or your seller of travel laws. It sounds like you've gotten that all taken care of. So kudos. Uh, what I would say is the big change when you become independently accredited is kind of the relationships with your suppliers. So the first thing I would have you do is come up with a new preferred supplier list. Now you, I, I don't know if it's not in your email, but if you joined a consortium and if you're not sure what a consortium is and you're listening in, we'll put a link uh, in our resources. But if you joined a consortium, they're going to have a preferred supplier list for you already, which is a great start. But that is way too big for your agency. You will want to narrow that down. So oftentimes consortia will have multiple suppliers or vendors for mid-market Mexico and the Caribbean or for a mid-market cruise or for luxury Europe. Your job is to go in there and figure out who you want to book, just one for each category and maybe a backup one if like the pricing is just too absurd that you can't book with them. So come up with your new preferred supplier list. And the reason we're doing this is because when you're hosted, you are coming from an agency with hundreds of millions of dollars in sales, which equates to the top level commissions with most vendors. When you go out on your own, it's exciting, but the bummer is, you're usually starting at the lowest tier for most vendors when it comes to commissions. So what we wanna do is be very strategic and kind of maximize our commissions by having you choose specific preferreds and pushing all your money towards them. Because that means you're gonna bump up to that next tier of commissions a lot quicker than if you were spreading it and not being strategic about your preferred suppliers. So that's, that's the first thing you're gonna do. The second is go ahead and reach out to those BDMs, your business development managers, development managers of those suppliers. Because when you are hosted, your BDM may or may not be the same person, depending on where you're located and what type of rep your host agency had. 
So host agencies will either have a local territory rep that kind of in the states around them, the, the vendor works all those states and that's their territory. Um, or you're going to have the BDM might be a national accounts manager, which is for the really large agencies. They just work with really large agencies and that's their quote unquote territory. It's not actually boundaried by land. Um, so that BDM may have changed. So figure out who your local BDM is for these preferred suppliers you now have. Reach out to them, introduce yourself, let them know that you very strategically picked them out and want to up your sales with them. They're gonna love that. And so you're reaching out to them to build that relationship um, and let them know who you are. And also because in the future, now you may be able to get some things called co-op dollars. You might've had this opportunity at your host agency, depending on who they were, but a co-op dollar is essentially cooperative marketing dollars. So if you go to a trade show or a bridal show and you are promoting your agency, if you wanna promote sandals or Ryu resorts or fun jet vacations, they may come up and say, all right, we'll pay 50% of the cost of your booth if you're exclusively featuring Ryu resorts. Um, it's a great way to bring down costs. And if you really like the product and are gonna be selling it anyhow, uh, definitely not gonna hurt. So think about all of that, Tanya. Um, it's, a, it's a really exciting time. Uh, you're building all these relationships on your own and reaching out. So make sure to get your name out there. And as you're growing, and there's, there's some differences between hosted advisors and independently accredited advisors. And you'll really see the differences in our reports that we issue. So we have our income report and our fee report. Uh, we'll put links to both of those in the resources. But through the years, what we've seen is independent agents are a lot more likely to charge fees. And it'll show you which types of fee they're charging, what the average um, or median fee charged is. So take a look at that. And they'll also talk about like incomes, how much hosted advisors make versus independently accredited advisors. Um, take a look at those for some inspiration and for some benchmarking to kind of uh, see you and guide you as you uh, go down this new path. So congrats again, Tanya, though. That's a huge deal. All right. If you are just tuning in, welcome. We are live and we are doing our Friday 15. You can go ahead and subscribe so you never miss it again by clicking on the subscribe button on our YouTube channel or to the podcast that you're listening to. Uh, we have Kareen, who looks like Kareen has been listening in the past. So thank you, Kareen. She says, you spoke on Friday, April 30th about good travel agency accounting practices and keeping finances separate. I know it was riveting, wasn't it, Kareen? Um, what are some best practices for travel agents with a host agency to pay themselves from their LLC. I understand some LLCs will pay themselves a weekly or monthly salary, but since I'm just starting out and sales can fluctuate quite a bit month to month, what is the best practice for paying myself in that case? Great question. Um, so first thing, this is whether you're a host with a host agency or not, it's going to be the same answer. A, an LLC, when you choose that as your business structure, and I'm going to link to our business structures article, um, if you're not familiar with the types of business structures, 
But when you sign up for an LLC, you're looking for that personal liability protection, which you get, but there's actually like subtypes of LLCs. The first one is called a single member LLC. And that's what a lot of travel agencies start out as. Uh, the compensation that you're getting is pretty much any money above and beyond your expenses at the end of the year is considered your profit. So you don't get a paycheck and you don't have a salary the way you did when you were an employee. So with what you're saying, the challenge for a lot of people when they were starting out is, you know, commissions come in randomly and they come in months and months after you do your sales. So it's really difficult to do budgeting when you first start out. So I would say, Corrine, especially for your first year or two, until things, until your commissions um, have kind of flattened out and you know what to expect on a regular basis, you know that as a general rule, you're going to make a minimum of $40,000 every year. Um, until that starts happening, figure out, go through your expenses, through your personal expenses, and figure out how much you need every month to pay your bills, to pay your mortgage, to have money for groceries, um, and to have like extra spending money. Whatever that money is, you're going to pay yourself every month. Now, if you're just just starting out, you may not have to, you may not be able to take anything technically from the business bank account. Um, but as the money starts coming in, I would encourage you to take that money out um, every month, whatever your expenses are, so that you, you're not tempted to over withdraw or forget about what's in your business bank account. Uh, there's a great book too I would recommend reading and I'll link to it in the resources. I read it when I first started HAR because I was having the same problem since all of my money comes in pretty much over the course of like three months of the year. And then it's just a dry spell. And I I was good at budgeting, but I was like, how does this work? Um, and the book is called The Freelancer's Money Book, something along those lines. And it's just a fabulous resource. So um, check that out too, Kareen. I, I just checked it out from the local library and it was uh, really helped me out. Now I said there's two types of LLC. So the second type is what's called an S-Core. And the S-Core is very similar to what you were used to in the fact that you're actually going to be an employee. And S-Cores don't really make sense until you're making quite a bit of money at your agency. And the reason is because you're paying yourself a payroll, which means you have to do payroll taxes. And there's just a lot more costs and expenses that come with it. And for the tax implications to pay themselves off, you have to be making, I would say, like fifty or $60,000 from your agency before you start looking at an S-Core. But if you're doing an S-Core, um, then you're just paying the employee every month. You're paying them a salary. And the, the, the important thing for paying out that salary is it needs to be what the IRS deems as a, quote unquote, reasonable salary. And that's really important because they can get you and make you pay back taxes if you've been like not paying yourself very much, underpaying yourself to try to um, make it around some tax loopholes. So I would use HAR's um, travel agent income surveys or let me, um, I'm going to share my screen and I'm just going to host agency reviews and I'm going to type in up in the search field, how much do travel agents make? 
Um, and that pulls up our article that goes over kind of income and salary. And if we scroll down, there's an employees only section. And now you're an employee of your agency again as an S-Corp, remember that. So you wanna pay yourself a reasonable salary. So you need to have data to back that up. So check out this section and you can see there's a bunch of data here on how much travel agent employees make. You can see that 18% of them make $60,000 plus, um, but you could conceivably pay yourself less than $24,000 because that's what 37% of people reported on the Travel Institute's um, employee data. So go in there and take a look at it um, if you are an S-Corp and, and come up with that reasonable salary that the IRS is looking for. And again, it's, it's important to keep up with that just because of auditing reasons. You wanna make sure you have proof and data backing up why you're paying yourself that much. Um, let's see. And our final question for the day. Actually, you know what? We are 13 minutes in and my final question is on travel MLMs or multi-level marketing um, agencies. But I have a lot I have a lot to say about the pyramid schemes and that is not going to fit in two minutes or probably even like seven minutes. So I might just hold off on that until next week. Um, but I would love for you to send in any questions. If you've got some, um, go ahead and go to hostagencyreviews.com slash Friday15. Uh, if you found this helpful, don't forget to subscribe. We do this every week at 12 Central Time. And um, keep an eye out too, because we are launching, as I said earlier, in June, our travel agent survey. Um, ASTA recently used some of the data when they were filing the legal brief for the no sale order. Um, a lot of suppliers look at that data to try to figure out the hosted and the independently accredited market and how to approach it. So it's really important to have voices all across the industry heard and um, all the information and the reports that we push out afterwards are provided free of charge to the travel agent community. Everyone can go in there and benefit from that data. So we'd love to have you involved with it. Keep an eye out. It'll be launching June 1st. So that is all. We have reached 15 minutes. I'm actually under for, I think, the first time ever. Um, we will see you next Friday. Have a wonderful weekend.